Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Healing Life Wisdom. I'm Tiffany Windsor. On this episode, my guest and I will be talking about middle-of-the-night wake-up calls. Besides your roommate snoring, what wakes you up during the night? I'll return in just a moment with my guest, Candice Licione. I'm delighted to welcome my guest, Candice Licione, and we'd like to talk about middle-of-the-night wake-up calls. Hi, Candice. Hi, Tiffany. Uh, this is a topic that so many people come in my shop and inquire about. Um, I'm just so excited to talk about it. <laughs> well, Candace, I also picked this topic because several months back I mentioned to you that I was waking up at 4 o'clock every morning, and that's not a usual time for me. Like I said, I have a lot of people that came to the shop with um, asking about sleep issues. There are so many reasons for insomnia that it can be difficult to find what works for each person's issue with their sleep. So many don't want to discuss why they don't sleep. They don't want to delve deep into the reasons for their sleeplessness. Some people can't shut off their brains. Some people worry. Some people eat improperly. Some take medications with side effects that hamper good sleep. The reasons go on and on. Most people just take a pill so they don't have to figure out what's wrong in their lives and what's wrong in their lives that could be fixed and help them to sleep better. Another problem is sleep deprivation. We need six or seven hours of sleep per night. And if you don't get that, it can be very harmful to your health. Not getting enough sleep can lead to all kinds of issues, impaired driving and work performance. Excessive sleep can also be a sign of health issues or depression issues. So I want to discuss some reasons why we may wake up during the night. I want to ask our listeners, do any of these ring true for you? As I just mentioned, I was waking up at 4 o'clock every morning several days in in a row, and what I learned through talking with Candace and reading Anthony Williams' liver rescue book is that your liver goes to sleep at night, and it wakes up at 3 to 4 a.m. and starts its detox phase and continues detoxing until you ingest food that causes your liver to have to start producing bile. Now, when you read deeper into Anthony Williams' books, you will find five chapters to the secrets of sleep in his book, Thyroid Healing. As he writes, what's important for you to know is that the majority of sleep disturbances and insomnia are for something called dirty blood syndrome. He explains that there are a few different aspects of dirty blood syndrome affecting sleep. For one, there are poisons present in it, your blood. As the blood fills with runoff from toxic heavy metals oxidizing in your system, virus, pollution, pesticides, and other chemicals from the troublemakers list, the brain gets saturated with it, and the brain is essential to a peaceful night's rest. Like the fine-tuned machine that it is, when it's not firing on all cylinders or functioning at optimum level, it tends to shake, rumble, and roar. In the middle of every night, your liver wakes up, usually cranky, to start working for you so that in the morning you can cleanse what it's collected throughout the night. As your liver begins to fire up to perform this job, it can go into a subtle spasm 
because of all the toxic matter it has to deal with, both from within itself and from the dirty blood flowing back into it, that spasm can even squeeze some of the poisons it contains back into your blood in unpackaged form, making it dirtier. I, I, I just can't even believe all of this information. While it's not a spasm you can feel, the liver's bubble and squeak creates enough of a disturbance in your body that it can wake you up in the wee hours. And in the brain disturbances from the toxic matter in the blood, some liver inflammation, some anxiety, and perhaps some hidden PTSD from not sleeping well in the past, and maybe a partner snoring beside you or noises outside, and you get a good case of insomnia. And next we need to talk about pee. (laughs) So many of us wake up in the middle of the night and have to go to the bathroom. If you wake up four or more times a night, your balance of water and electrolytes may be off. 30 minutes before bed, try drinking a small glass of water with a pinch of unprocessed sea salt. Wow, that's interesting. I had never heard of that. Perhaps, I, uh, <laughs> I know, um, perhaps also your room may be too hot. Per the website at sleep.org, um, in general, the suggested bedroom temperature should be between 60 to 67 degrees for optimal sleep. When lying in bed trying to snooze, your body temperature decreases to initiate sleep, and these suggested temperatures can actually help facilitate this. If your room is cool rather than warm, it will be much easier to shut your eyes for the night. Thermostat settings far lower or higher than what is recommended could lead to restlessness and can also affect the quality of REM, the stage in which you dream. Sleep.org also states that it can help to think of your bedroom as a cave. It should be quiet, cool, and dark for the best chance at getting enough rest. If you're still a troubled sleeper, in addition to the cooler room temperature, you should try placing a hot water bottle at your feet or wearing socks. This will help dilate your blood vessels faster and push your internal thermostat to a more ideal setting. I know that many people enjoy a warm bath before bed. A warm bath also raises your temperature, but when you exit the tub, you have a slight drop in temp that signals your brain to go into sleep mode. Another issue on sleep issues is menopause. Menopause is another big wake-up-in-the-middle-of-the-night problem, as menopause causes hormonal changes that contribute to depression and disrupt sleep. Many women find that their sleep issues start or worsen with menopause. Estrogen affects the production and balance of brain chemicals responsible for wakefulness and other menopause issues. There are lots of wonderful herbal remedies for all menopause symptoms, including sleep issues. Most women don't realize how great herbs are for menopausal issues. Women have been using herbs for female issues for thousands of years, and herbs really work. A good resource book for menopause issues is Menopause Years by Susan Weed. I know that that was a great resource for all of the times that uh, my friends and I have come to you asking about uh, menopause issues. So it's so important that we address that. Her, her book is wonderful, and it's all about empowering women also. So be sure to check it out if you're into the menopause phase of your life. So now we move into social media. BBC.com reports that engagement during the last 30 minutes before bed was found to be the strongest indicator of a poor night's sleep. 
Something about keeping those last 30 minutes tech-free, it seems, is crucial to a restful slumber. There are several factors that could explain this. A now well-told caution is that the blue light emitted from our screens inhibits our melatonin levels. Now, melatonin is a chemical that effectively tells us that it's time to go to sleep. Dim the lights and no social media for one hour before bed. And I actually made the commitment to myself to leave my phone in my home office and no longer bring it into the bedroom with me. I told my friends and family of my plans to detach myself from my phone and that unless it's an emergency, don't try and reach me after 8 p.m. Another issue in sleep is um, age. As we age, many people shift their sleep patterns. Your body clock shifts with age, and you can take longer to fall asleep wake up more often, and then linger in the deepest phases of sleep for less time. At the age of 60, you could be waking up two hours earlier than you did in your 30s. Uh, Going to bed earlier is a good solution. I know my sleep patterns have changed greatly since menopause and during menopause, and I go to bed much earlier than I used to, and I wake up earlier in the morning. Another factor could be alcohol. There's a lot of great information at sleepfoundation.org about how alcohol affects our sleep. Anyone who drinks alcohol from time to time knows that beer, wine, or spirits can sometimes leave you feeling drowsy. In fact, as many as 20% of Americans use alcohol to help them fall asleep. But while alcohol, a depressant, can help you fall asleep faster, it also contributes to poor quality sleep later. Here's what happens behind your closed eyes when you go to sleep after drinking. As sleepfoundation.org explains, there's a battle of sleep rhythms. Drinking alcohol before bed is linked with more slow-wave sleep patterns called delta activity. That's the kind of deep sleep that allows for memory formation and learning. At the same time, another type of brain pattern, alpha activity, is also turned on. Alpha activity doesn't usually happen during sleep, but rather when you're resting quietly. Together, the alpha and delta activity in the brain after drinking may inhibit restorative sleep. It can interrupt your circadian rhythm. It blocks REM sleep, which is often considered the most restorative type of sleep. With less REM sleep, you're likely to wake up feeling groggy and unfocused. It can also aggravate breathing problems. Alcohol causes your whole body to relax, including the muscles of your throat, and that makes you more prone to snoring and sleep apnea. It also leads to extra bathroom trips. Typically, your body knows that nighttime is time for sleep, not time for trips to the bathroom. That means that your body has learned to put your bladder into hibernation for the night, but alcohol, a diuretic, can make you need to go more interrupting your normal sleep pattern. Candace? Also uh, affecting sleep or breathing issues. Stuffy nose, allergies, colds can all affect your sleep. If you get an occasional stuffy nose in the middle of the night, which happens to me every once in a while, I've found that a neti stick nasal inhaler to be very, very effective. It's an aromatherapy blend that works so well. Of course, a neti pot is always wonderful for all stuffy nose, allergies, and cold symptoms. When you're stuffed up, it's difficult to breathe, so look to natural remedies for your symptoms. So as you talk about breathing issues, one of the things that comes to mind is sleep apnea. WebMD.com explains sleep apnea is a serious sleep disorder that occurs when a person's breathing is interrupted during sleep. People with untreated 
sleep apnea stop breathing repeatedly during their sleep, sometimes hundreds of times. This means the brain and the rest of the body may not get enough oxygen. So apparently there's two types of sleep apnea. One is obstructive sleep apnea, which is the more common of the two forms, and it's caused by a blockage of the airway, usually when the soft tissue in the back of the throat collapses during sleep. The other is central sleep apnea, and unlike OSA, the airway is not blocked, but the brain fails to signal the muscles to breathe due to instability in the respiratory control center. There are several types of sleep therapy machines, but a CPAP, which is continuous positive airway pressure machine, is the most common. A CPAP machine sends a constant flow of airway pressure to your throat to ensure that your airway stays open during sleep effectively treating the spontaneous pauses in breath associated with sleep apnea. I'm sure that these machines must help a lot of people, but I really urge you to address any and other uh, emotional and health issues. I have a brother-in-law who uses a CPAP machine, but I don't think that anyone in his medical circle seems to be talking to him about how extremely overweight he is. Um, Also of issue with sleep is thyroid issues. Overactive or underactive thyroid hormonal imbalances can cause sleep issues. An overactive thyroid can cause heart racing, adrenaline surges, insomnia, anxiety. An underactive thyroid, which is common in many people after age 50, can cause some people, about 35%, to be more likely to have sleep apnea. I'm a big believer in dealing with the emotional issues, so I'd like to share the emotional issues for thyroid uh, with you. Thyroid issues, emotional, is lack of drive, feeling sluggish, numb, disconnected from your life's purpose, holding back, constantly trying to please others by carrying their burdens and worries, feeling like, when is it going to be your turn, and I never get to do what I want to do. If you have thyroid issues, be sure to look and see what emotions are behind your health issues. Stress. Of course, a lot of people are affected by stress. Uh, back to sleepfoundation.org, it is reported that stress can definitely affect our sleep. Not all insomnia is due to stress, but people who are under considerable stress can have insomnia. In the case of insomnia related to stress, alleviating the stress should alleviate the insomnia. Stress causes insomnia by making it difficult to fall asleep and to stay asleep and by affecting the quality of your sleep. Stress causes hyperarousal, which can upset the balance between sleep and wakefulness. If you are dealing with stress, I have some wonderful homeopathic or essential oil recommendations for you. Acid reflux is a very big health issue right now with many people. Most people need to change their eating habits, their food choices, and eat healthier food. I hear people tell me all the time, oh, I love a certain kind of food, but it really doesn't like me, but I eat it anyway. That makes no sense to me to eat something you know is that your body doesn't like. Acid reflux definitely wakes you up at night and keeps you awake. You might start by eating smaller meals, don't eat three hours before bedtime, and wait at least three hours after eating to lie down. Some people may need to lose, lose weight. And then know that the foods that trigger acid reflux are alcohol, caffeine, chocolate, citrus, aspirin, ibuprofen, tomatoes, fats, fried foods, and spicy food. The emotional reasons for acid reflux are difficulty difficulty digesting life, feeling uncomfortable with what you are seeing, 
feeling, hearing, and experiencing, feeling irritated and frustrated about your ability to control what's happening around you. Another topic, excess belly fat uh, triggers higher levels of inflammation that disrupts neurological pathways that control sleep, and it is also harder for you to breathe when you lie down. If you're carrying extra pounds, especially around your belly, losing weight and some of that muffin top may help you get better sleep. So say the researchers from Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine in a 2012 report. The Hopkins researchers recruited 77 overweight volunteers with either pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes. Many reported sleep problems such as sleep apnea, which we just talked about, daytime fatigue, insomnia, and restless or interrupted sleep. Half of the volunteers went on a weight loss diet with supervised exercise training. The other half did just the diet. After six months, participants in both groups had lost an average of 15 pounds and reduced their belly fat by 15%. Sleep quality improved in both groups. A reduction in belly fat was the best predictor of improved sleep. Those of you who are caregivers know that it's a very tough job and it's very hard on your mental health, and it very much affects your sleep. So be, try to have a soothing, a, soothing, a soothing cup of chamomile tea to calm and soothe, and try to get some time for yourself to unwind before you go to bed. Vitamin D deficiency. An estimated 40% of people have a vitamin D deficiency, as in not enough sunshine. 12% of people with low levels of vitamin D sleep less than five hours, and 57% were awake for 90 minutes or more in the middle of the night. So vitamin B may also be important for maintaining healthy sleep. Recent research indicates that vitamin D may influence both sleep quality and sleep quantity. Researchers analyzed the sleep patterns and vitamin D levels among a group of older adult men and found that vitamin D deficiency was associated with less sleep overall and also with more disrupted sleep. The study included 3,000 men ages 68 or older. This study is noteworthy because it appears to be the first study to objectively show that vitamin D deficiency has negative effects on sleep. Other research has demonstrated links between low levels of vitamin D and sleep problems, but these studies have measured sleep subjectively using survey data and reports from participants who assess their own sleep in terms of both quality and quantity. This study measured sleep using objective tools, specifically wrist sensors, before analyzing that data in relation to levels of vitamin D. So what's the best way to increase your vitamin D? There's no better source than the sun. Direct sun exposure to skin triggers the synthesis of vitamin D, but sun exposure can't always be relied upon for a steady, consistent source there are a number of factors that can influence how effectively the sun exposure uh, can trigger the vitamin D production in your body, including air pollution, time of the day, season of the year, and level of the cloud cover. And of course, sunscreen and clothing can also impede the effects of sun exposure for vitamin D. Another thing we all need to think about is a positive attitude. A less than positive attitude interferes with our sleep. Sleep isn't a luxury, but it's a necessity. I read recently the mindset of people in the world at this point is 75% negative. When you are negative, you draw negativity to you, and when you're positive, you draw positive things to you. If you start to pay attention to your own self-talk and the talk around you, I think you'll be amazed at how much negativity is being spoken lately. 
You need to start thinking and talking positive, and you will be amazed at how your life can change and how much better you can sleep at night. So here's one that happens in my circles a lot, hearing messages um, in the middle of the night. Sometimes we wake up with a word repeating or a number repeating. There are times when I feel that I am startled awake during the night with a message. Does this ever happen to you? Sometimes it's a clear message on something I've been thinking about or praying about, and sometimes I can't make sense of the message. A close friend of ours gets numbers messages from her angel guides in the middle of the night, and a quick online search, you can find the meanings for your number messages. Candace, what messages do you get in the middle of the night? I get lots of messages in the middle of the night. Usually it's a word. Last night it was cryptogram, which I don't even know what that means. I haven't had time to look it up. (laughs) And there was dashboard icons on my car in my dreams. But I get a lot of uh, messages, and I try to to follow them up. Um, I have a really good uh, spiritual dream book that gives you um, the answers to what the different um, uh, messages mean. Yeah, it's great because uh, I know we call you and say, "What does this mean? <laughs> this came, this came up. This message came to me." Yeah, it's a really good book. It, I don't know what it's called offhand, but we can put it on the website at some point because it's more of a spiritual um, dream book rather than a regular dream book. So those okay. that are coming with the spiritual messages and the angel messages and things, it's very, very helpful. Good. I'll, I'll get that posted. Okay. So uh, how do we deal with sleepless nights? Most people are turning to sleep medications, but they come with many cautions. More than one in three American adults, according to the CDC, don't get enough sleep. When you can't sleep, most people try sleep medications, but there are many drawbacks with them, whether they're prescription pills or over-the-counter products. There are two ways to treat insomnia, cognitive behavior therapy, CBT, or medication. It is believed that CBT works better than medication for most people, but most people are choosing to take the medication rather than doing the behavior therapy. Remember, there are many reasons why people don't sleep well, like depression, sleep apnea, and emotional issues that contribute to all the sleepness problem. In a study in 2014, benzodiazepines, which are tranquilizer, prescription rates, and long-term use was highest in people over age 65. Older people are at a higher risk for falling and cognitive impairment. There's some evidence associating this drug with dementia. It's estimated that 30.6 million adults, American adults, use benzodiazepines. 25.3 million use them as prescribed and they're prescribed in addition to insomnia for anxiety, seizures, and panic attacks. 5.3 million are misusing the medication, for example, getting pills from somebody else or taking the wrong dosage. Z drugs, which are Ambien, Lunesta, Sonata, don't contain benzodiazepines, but they have the same effect. These drugs are considered safer, but also have many side effects. Over-the-counter drugs like Unisom, Sequil, and Tylenol PM contain an antihistamine called diphenhydramine, but little research has been done on this antihistamine for helping insomnia, and it does have side effects like morning grogginess and dry mouth. Diphenhydramine is deemed inappropriate for people over age 65 as it can trigger cognitive impairments, dizziness, and falls, and it's not good for your liver or your kidneys. And I'd like to note that most over-the-counter drugs are very, very toxic to our livers, and we need to be aware of um, that and not be... um, putting so much toxic um, medication into our bodies. 
You know, Candace, the frightening thing is that some people even grab for meds that aren't designed specifically for aiding in sleep. For instance, people who take an antihistamine, such as Benadryl, for cold or allergies, drowsiness is often a welcome side effect, but a Baylor College of Medicine sleep expert cautions against turning to this type of medication as a sleep aid. Antihistamines have side effects that include altered mental state, urinary retention, and dry mouth. While these side effects are generally mild and well-tolerated in younger patients without other medical problems, they can pose a risk, especially for the elderly. I hear a lot that Tylenol PM is also a go-to over-the-counter med for someone who has insomnia, and Tylenol PM contains two medications, the pain reliever, acetaminophen, and an antihistamine to help with insomnia. High doses of acetaminophen can cause liver damage, and the risk increases if you consume alcohol. I'm always so concerned when I hear how people use these for sleep when there are so many other great natural choices that work. Um, I'm sad to say that I hear many of my customers telling people and friends when they're in the shop that they take Benadryl every night to go to sleep. And not only do they take it, they give it to their children to put them to sleep at night. That is just unbelievable. Yeah, I'm so sad when I hear that because there's so many other natural choices and we need to learn more about ourselves you know what is causing these don't just medicate dig deeper right yeah well this is a medicating you know, america's a mm-hmm. medicating uh, nation and we right. um i think think people understand how toxic all these medications are and how many medications they're taking so it's toxins and toxic toxins and to give mm-hmm. them to the children is unbelievable yeah so um, next, we're going to talk about herbal supplements. Supplements like melatonin or valerian are very helpful for many sleep issues. Most people don't understand their sleep issues come from many different causes, um, so they need to try to find an herb that's specific for their issues. Herbs that are helpful for sleep are California poppy, hops, kava kava, lemon balm, passion flower, skullcap, and valerian. If you've ever tried valerian for sleep, you know it doesn't. It doesn't smell very good, but it's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful sleep herb. You need to check the cautions for melatonin if you're taking that because using too much or using melatonin for too long a period will stop your body from making its own melatonin. So be sure you use it occasionally and wisely. The herbs are always safe and can be used as needed. Essential oils, my favorite. Uh, lavender is definitely the essential oil of choice when it comes to relaxation and rest. You can place a few drops into a nice warm bath or use a diffuser in your room. I have tried many different natural sleep aids in the past, but my go-to is always doTERRA Serenity Soft Gels. They're made with lavender essential oil along with lemon balm, passionflower, and chamomile, and they gently promote relaxation and sleep, and you don't feel that morning grogginess that you get with some of the other natural choices. Candice, I want to take a moment here and let our listeners know that we're available to answer their questions and welcome their comments if anyone would like to call in right now. Our call-in number is 929-477-3082. So we've, oh my gosh, we've covered so much information tonight from research that we have pulled together, and there's still some other things really to talk about in our roundtable here and um, where do you want to start? 
Well, we were talking the other day about the moon because there was a big full moon recently. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people realize how much the moon influences us on so many levels of our being, not just sleep, but everything. Um, I've, I've read that it, melatonin and steroids exert a regulatory function on the immune system response, and their levels are affected by moon cycles. I, n- I had no idea. Oh. Well, and, and what did I tell you the other night when we were talking? It's like, oh, I didn't sleep well last night. And you said, did you know it was a full moon? A full moon. And then I read this right after that. It's like, Wow. <laughs> Um, electromagnetic energy and gravitational pull of the moon may also trigger the release of hormones. So that was something that most people are not aware of. A full moon affects eating and drinking habits, and there's 8% increase in meal sizes during the full moon and 26% increase in alcohol intake. Wow. Who knew? knew? (laughs) Right. And so now that someone you're now aware, you can realize, gosh, am I I eating more during the full moon? Mm Mm-hmm kind of thing. Well, and and Anthony William in his liver rescue book also relates that to the liver not getting enough glucose. Is that am I remembering well, that right? That's I know we talked about is that. About we, are, we are chronically dehydrated. Right. And and that absolutely amazed me because um I I had read it but it didn't sink in. I I had a class a wellness class today and we talked about it again. And um the the body needs so much water that it's not getting. And I would say a big portion of our problems, besides all the toxins, is that we're not getting enough water to, to you know, let your body run and let the toxins be released. He said it's a huge, huge issue on, the de- on, de- on chronic dehydration. You know, I mistook being hungry for many years, probably most of my adult life until I started researching all of this, that... I was chronically dehydrated and thinking I was hungry, but I was really just thirsty. And so one of the things when you have your hunger pangs, drink some nice clean water and uh, see what that does to your body because right. a lot of times it's your, it's just um, you're misreading what, right. what you think that you want. And what most people don't understand, in order to rehydrate yourself, you need water. Mm-hmm. Any other liquid you right. take in have to go through your digestive system, so they're not available to the body as water. Water goes into your body immediately and goes to where it needs to go. But people say, oh, I had five cups of coffee and I had juice. Right. That doesn't count. And right. so well, people remember, are amazed when you tell them that. Right. So some of these things that you're drinking, like coffee and and some of these bottles drink, they're sh- that you drink that you're, you're stripping your body um, yes. and not replenishing it. So. Um, that's great, great advice. Something else I pulled off uh, the internet. Let me see what website this is. It was TurningPointACU.com, uh, which was about Chinese medicine, and it also explained some of your middle of the night wake up calls. It talked about from nine to eleven is related to the heart and pericardium. Eleven to one was gallbladder. One to three was liver in Chinese medicine. Three to five was lungs. So um, there's a lot of different ways to look at this. This particular site also talked about the emotion behind um, each of these, the functions and the symptoms of imbalance. And so the 9 p.m. to 11 p.m., some of the tips, it says, consider going to bed earlier, establishing a calming nighttime routine, avoid artificial light after 9 p.m., which we did talk about with our social media One of the things about the gallbladder is avoid alcohol, trans fats, and spicy foods. 
uh, suggestion is eat a smaller dinner well before bedtime and avoid snacking before bed. The 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. liver talked about um, if you do drink alcohol and uh, drink it in moderation and eat your last meal a few hours before bed, consider a whole foods cleanse, cut out coffee for a week, and replace it with green tea, and find ways to deal with your anger and frustration in a healthy way. I love hearing that. And let's see, what does it say about the lungs? Uh, try breathing exercises, meditation, or yoga to improve your lung capacity. Uh, so uh, there's, there's lots of different ways to address sleep issues. There are, and I notice when people come to the shop, they want the magic pill or the magic tea, and they want to drink it once. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and they're not delving into any of these issues. They don't realize that everything goes on in their life affects their sleep. And everything they put in their body affects their sleep. It's like a body, body, mind, and spirit thing. You've got to do it all and really look at your life and see what what issues you have and how you can work on them and what you know modality will work for you, whether it's herbs or aromatherapy or you know changing your diet. If you truly, truly, truly want to make a change, don't just medicate yourself because you do need to work on your emotional issues, the body, mind, and spirit. And so many people are just don't want to reflect. I guess it's very scary for them to dig deeper into the whys of these things that, are, that they're experiencing and it, they just don't want to deal with the emotional issues behind so much of our disease. I don't think they understand how your emotional issues are so tied to your health issues and your sleep issues. Um, they come in and they, they're so disconnected from what they're doing in their life, how that affects their health and their sleep. They're kind of just like, you know, well, what does that mean? You know, what do you mean I, you know, <laughs> I need to change my food or whatever. They just... You know, they can't understand why all these things contribute to the health stuff. And I don't know why, but they come in all the time, and it's like, you know, trying to explain to them that, you know, the sleep is so complicated anyway to figure out what your particular sleep issue is, or some of them have many. But, you know, again, they go to the CPAC machine, they go to the sleep studies, they go to the medication, but they're not looking for natural, and they're not, and, and the one thing in there was that behavioral, cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. They said it's very effective, but nobody really wants it. They right. want medication. Because rather than working through those issues, they just want to numb numb them. And I'm, it, yes. just, it makes me so sad to hear that people go through a lifetime like that, and they, they're, they're not willing to, um, to work through those issues. No, they're not. It's... It, it just surprises me so much that, you know, they're, they're having such trouble in their lives, but they're not willing to do any of the work. Something that you have that has helped a lot of people is actually the Bach Flower Remedy Questionnaire. Yes. Which is a Bach Flower is a, a questionnaire that deals with your emotional issues. There's like over 100 questions on it, and off of that we do um, Bach Flower uh, Remedy is a flower essence. It's homeopathic in nature. And the answers to your questionnaire then give me the answers to make up a Bach remedy for each person's um, emotional and health needs. It works really well because homeopathic is is not medicine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And people uh, find great, great help um, with the homeopathic. And they also, by filling out this questionnaire, 
get to understand what their emotional issues are because most people totally don't know what their emotional issues are. They're so far away from whatever their core issue is. So it's it's a lovely tool for helping people deal with um, any kind of health issues, emotional issues, life issues. Yeah, if any of our listeners are interested in learning more about that, you can go to HealingLifeWisdom.com and click on Candace's name um, under the um, podcast tab, and you uh, I have your email there, and they can certainly email. And I had the the opportunity to work with Candace many years back on this, and we would actually you know type up a follow-up to this questionnaire and uh, bring a lot of different um, healing modalities into it, and uh, it was awesome. Now, not that everybody actually followed up and stuck with it, <laughs> but um, I found it personally very, very healing, and um, and maybe once a year, every couple of years, I go back to that questionnaire, and it really helps peel back the layers easily, you know, that's what's so amazing about yeah, because those that, people so. don't understand what their issues are. That that it's right. just piles and piles of of emotional things on top of emotional things. So they don't mm-hmm. get back to the real core issue. So the the questionnaire really goes down to your core issue, and and as I read it, I can just tell exactly what your thing is and whatever the health, emotional, whatever. And and people are always amazed um, that it's it's always true. Right. <laughs> they, it's like, ugh, but they're scared of it because it, it, then they have to deal with it. Before right. they could ignore it because they didn't know what it was. Then they have to go, oh, well, I know what it is. Mm, do, I, do I want to? And some people do work on it and some yeah. people don't, but it's very, very interesting and helpful to people, especially when you have great health issues. Mm-hmm. And I do want to remind all of our listeners, we've gone through this. We have tried all of these things on ourselves. Uh, you know, we have to work on ourselves continually. It doesn't matter... Um, what age you are and uh, and what age you start. So it, this is, um, we do practice what we preach, and and we really, it, it's okay. You can do it. Right. Uh, I, in my wellness class today, I said, I don't, I don't do these things unless I have done them. You right. know, like the medical medium, I would go do, and I've done all the medical medium stuff, and it works for me. So I'm going to tell you not how just to do, go do this. I've done it. I know right. how to do it. it. I can tell you that it's maybe not easy to start with to change your whole eating thing. I ate pretty well before, but he gives you so many good um, health tips and so many good foods. And a lot of people are just so scared to start eating right because it's a huge, huge shift in their whole life. But right. we have done it. We right. know. We know right. the sugar addict. We know all that. <laughs> We've all... <laughs> yes. Yes. Most people say, I can't give up the sugar. I said, well, it's hard. I've done it. I've probably right. done it three or four times in my life. It's hard, but it can be done. I've done it. You know, and they go, no, well, you're special. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. And I, 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 I did it back in my 20s. I gave up sugar. I, did, I, I don't know. I just heard this voice in me that told me that I needed to do it. So yeah. Most people do not hear the voice. <laughs> you know, it's their I body hear many going, voices. Yes, yes. Usually, it's their body complaining about what's going on, especially right. their liver. But um, it, it's just, this is just so interesting for everybody to to have all these things you can do to make your life better. And so many people are so ill now that we really need to hone in on and get help people get better. 
Right. And so we're here at Healing Life Wisdom to just tell you about all the different things that are out there. Um, there's there's so much focus in the medical world these days to just give you a pill which can complicate matters. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and so we want to let you know that, that there can be other options for you. And, you know, tonight we've talked about addressing emotional issues. We've talked about eating better, um, watching uh, what you're doing with, with your um, your social media and your mobile devices. And there's you're going to have to find out what the right combination is for you. And uh, it, it, is, it is possible to start... If, if you have insomnia and you are not sleeping, there are some really great options for you. So we hope that tonight's episode uh, has helped inform you of um, a lot of the things that are out there and maybe some things that you've never heard of. I also wanted to add a little bit on um, the emotional component of uh, insomnia. The emotional reason for insomnia is inability to relax, feeling unsafe and unable to let go, Worrying, playing things over in your mind, dissecting situations, feeling scattered, fearful, anxious, on guard, harboring feelings of guilt and resentment. I hope that that information helps people sleep better because generally that's the reasons why people aren't sleeping right there. Right. Let's start with that. Let's start yes. with those emotional issues and and blossom out from there. Yes, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me for another uh, great episode filled with lots of information. Thanks for inviting me, and I love to share all this information with everybody each week. It's just so much fun. Thank you. All right. I look forward to chatting with you again next Sunday night. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. For more information, I invite you to go to HealingLifeWisdom.com, click on Blog Archives, and you can find a post that Candace wrote on today's topic, and check out the links to the Healing Life Wisdom On Demand podcast. And be sure to share those links with your family and friends. I'm Tiffany Windsor, and this is Healing Life Wisdom. Have a fabulous and restful week. Thanks for listening.